Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod Cotton Bowl Preview. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as always, for one last time this season, Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee. We are here to break down the 2028, well, no, not AT&T Cotton Bowl anymore. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Um, OU Florida, this is a great matchup. Honestly, as far as uh, bowls could go, this is a, as fun of a, uh, a matchup as we've seen in years. Um, out of OU uh, because, you know, Florida's good, but they're not like Alabama, you know, overwhelmingly good. Uh, but they're also not like that Auburn team we played a couple years ago who was just garbage. So we're looking at a very good football t- uh, game, very uh, good matchup. Um, Jameson, your first thoughts on the Florida Gators this year and how they match up? I, I think this will be a really fun game. I, I talked about how this would be a fun matchup if we somehow got in the Orange Bowl, kind of just to brush that, you know, the last championship game we were in off our shoulders. But, you know, this honestly is a good matchup for us. I think this will be good for the idea of the Big 12 versus SEC as Big 12 is this horrible defense and only good offense versus a team that has an SEC that has a great offense. You know, I, I feel like this could really change the mantra of what the SEC is versus the Big 12 and I think there's a lot on the line on that when it comes down to the like the reputation of our conference. So I'm really I'm really excited that even though I wanted Texas A&M because it would be really nice to beat them for recruiting purposes and their fans are extremely annoying. This would be really good for the reputation of our conference. Yeah, absolutely and for OU as a whole who constantly keeps getting beat by, you know, Alabama and you know these really high level teams it's it'll be nice to see OU on that stage against a team that's not Nick Saban's Alabama team. Um, Ty, how are you feeling about Florida early? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, for one, again, super excited. I, I think it's going to be a really cool, you know, matchup. It, it's too, uh, I think it's a really good, really, really solid matchup. I think, you know, this is the first time in a while that OU has had a matchup that's a team that's on our level. Uh, you know, everyone remembers obviously getting, you know, uh, really exposed by people because we kind of got screwed by our brand name in, in some of the playoffs. And then, you know, that Auburn team that was not on our level. Um, I think you'd, it, it hurts to say it, but I think you'd have to go back to 2017 Georgia uh, to see a matchup that was, you know, this well-picked for OU in the postseason. Um, so that's super exciting. Uh, and I agree with Jameson. It, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously we have a little bit of a weaker schedule, but we do have a, a better defense. Um, which is is super exciting to to maybe flip the narrative there a, a little bit. Florida um, has has had a really good offense under Dan Mullen. I think, uh, um, you know, the, a lot of our listeners might be aware of this. You know, being Cowboys fans, but Dan Mullen is really the guy that that created uh, Dak Prescott. If if you want to say, you know, obviously 
Dak's skill, but but Mullen really developed him at, at Mississippi State, and that's you know tremendous to see what Mississippi State was when he got there uh, to being you know the quarterback that he is in the NFL now. Um, so it, Mullen is a good good offensive mind and, and a really solid coach overall. So this might be a, a preview of a game uh, that occurs in the playoffs in, in the next few years as well. So that's super exciting. Yeah, uh, Florida definitely on the rise. Uh, Dan Mullen has that program in the right direction uh, for sure. But talking about perception and everything, uh, you can even see it You know, early on this week. Florida linebacker James Houston said that OU is, not a, is a good matchup, but not on their level. They're not SEC, and they're not the Florida Gators, which – yeah, that's. I'm sure we've heard a, a lot of that. Uh, that SEC, you know, um, you know, bluster about how their teams are on this different level. Um, and my theory has always been just like Alabama steamrolling everyone, and then you have one good SEC team every other year. Um, but we'll see. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting game, and um, you know, it obviously is just an exhibition. You know, doesn't have any. Um, doesn't do anything. You know, you're not going to get an extra win for next year. But in terms of perception, in terms of recruiting, in terms of the brand name OU um, going up against the SEC, this is huge. This is a, I would say this is just about a much, as much of a must win in a relatively useless game as it, as you can get, um, because it's it, it, it it's invaluable uh, to get to be in this position. So, be very huge for OU to get this one. Now, Jameson. Bit of a weird week here, uh, weird bowl season because you know, as we've seen this season, a uh, lot of delays, a lot of bye weeks. Technically, this is one of our shorter breaks, uh, this season only a week and a half instead of two full weeks. Um, so and not only that, but um, both OU and Florida have sent their players home for uh, the holidays, so not a lot of prep time. Usually you have these big gaps between conference championships and the bowl games, but not so here. Uh, in fact, you know, not as much as a, a normal week. How's that going to affect OU and Florida going into this? You know, this is the end of the season, so I don't know if we can read too much into that. Um, there's going to be a lot of, I'm sure, you know, mobile meetings through Zoom of, you know, watching film, what to expect, the tendencies of Kyle Trask for the defense. What does he like to look at? What is that defense, you know, offense going to look like without Kyle Pitts? Um, Who is he going to lean on? And then on the offensive side, I'm sure there's plenty to expose. Florida's defense really isn't that good at all. That's where I don't get where it comes from, Jamar Houston. Like, really, I understand that SEC recruits on a higher level and you know, typically have better players that go to the draft, but Oklahoma is a top 20 defense this year, according, like in, with NCAA's total defense. You know, we're not something to blink an eye at, and the dude that was talking big game only has one sack on the year, and a dude who on our team has played half the season has five and a half in Ronnie Perkins. So I think there's a lot of time to talk, um, and it worked really well when LSU did it. They talked the same kind of thing, and then they went out and whooped us. Um, so if anyone who's been on this roster that and for the LSU game last year has that kind of sour taste in their mouth in the way that um, Patrick Queen talked on us, let's go out and show them up this time. Absolutely. Ty, what do you think about the uh, value of uh, smack talk in this situation? Or yeah, um, yeah, does that play in our favor, uh, Florida's here? I, I don't really I, – I don't buy into the whole um... – you know, smack talk really being a deciding factor because obviously, like Jameson sort of hinted at, you can find examples of you know smack talk uh, on on either side. You you know Baker telling uh, you know Baylor that he's going to have to to spank him, um, and then you know proceeding to, to go and, and spank them. Um, so it's 
or or you know examples where where guys talk you know big game and then and then uh underperform so it's i don't really know that that's a a huge factor in this game i i think the bigger factor like you hinted at um you know in both teams having a very short amount of time and then also sending their players home which is the right thing to do you know for for the holidays um is going to be who takes the prep more seriously. I, I think we really, I think that was the deciding factor uh, last night in that Coastal Carolina Liberty game. Uh, I think Liberty, you could tell, was taking it more seriously uh, and had prepared more seriously than than Coastal, who was, I think, partying out their uh, thing. And I don't want to take us down a, a side trail, but yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's I, I hate to make a call on Smack Talk beforehand because I, I'm not sure it's a it's a factor in, in how the overall teams are going to play. It it probably isn't. More than anything, it's going to be, you know, the amount of time you have to prepare for a team that you're not very familiar with at all. Um, yeah. As OU and Florida have only played once, that uh, Tim Tebow National Championship game loss. We would have won with DeMarco Murray. So now we have DeMarco Murray as a coach, so hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really pro – I do want to say I'm really pro smack talk, uh, you know, more or less, you know, to an extent, because I think it makes it more interesting. You know, those – those uh, rivalries between individual players in the NBA or, you know, that's what the entire WWE is based on is just, you know, smack talk and, and stuff like that. So it's, I think there's a huge want for it and, and market for it in sports. You know, it's obviously you can cross the line, but I think it makes it more interesting because you give people more of a storyline um, either way. So there is, you know, there is something to it there, I think. Pro smack talk, anti Buki though. <laughs> Okay, well, you I have to it. back it up. You have to be able to back it up at least sometimes. Like, <laughs> fair enough. Again, he, I, I'm not anti. If Buki talks smack and then performed, then he would be like, you know, everyone loves the boss in the '80s. That's a perfect. Well, okay, maybe not in the postseason, but or against Miami. But that's a perfect example. Like he talks smack on Texas and then stomp Texas. Like you can't. Fair, you can't enough. for years talk smack and then just constantly get exposed. Like Buki's like the like second grader that constantly wants to play basketball with the fifth graders and then just keeps getting exposed every oh play. And he back. I, I, I feel like he's been he's all right. I, I'm I don't even know how playable he'll be against uh, you know, uh, Florida. A <laughs> little bit larger uh, you know, uh, opponent there. But um let's kind of talk about let's talk about the actual game here. And Biggest circle here has to be Kyle Trask, the remarkable quarterback out of Florida. Um, a, a very impressive season. Throw the LSU game out because they clearly didn't care about that one. Uh, I think the Trask we we saw against Alabama and the Trask we saw you know throughout the season is probably the Trask we're going to see uh, come Wednesday. Jamison, looking into this, how how do you feel about Trask? Uh, obviously missing a massive weapon in Kyle Pitts, who is just a remarkable tight end. Uh, d- definitely gave me shades of, um, <laughs> I mean, just like a souped up Charlie Kohler uh, that probably would have murdered us. But um, how, how is Trask going to perform without one of his greatest weapons? And uh, what, what, do you, what do you see going forward? Because he's probably this would be the best quarterback in the Big 12 this year. Yes, um, especially whenever the first team all Big 12, according to the coaches, was Iowa State's extremely mediocre quarterback. Um, thankfully, uh, we had a new AP um, first team Big 12 come out, and Spencer Rattler made it, which made more sense. 
Um, but yeah, Kyle Trask is good. I feel like a lot of fans did watch that LSU game and thinks that, oh, he might be kind of a turnover-prone quarterback. He's not. He's five interceptions this year on 42 touchdowns. That's extremely, you know, really, really accurate. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't think that, you know, speed D is going to really get too much on him. But the guy to worry about, really, when it comes down to the passing attack for Florida is Kadarius Toney. And he is their leading receiver. Kyle Pitts gets all of the, like the hype. But Kadarius Toney is the speed wide receiver. He has 27 more catches than Kyle Pitts and plus has 10 touchdowns on the year. And without Trey Brown on the outside for our speed guy, it might be a little tough. I would normally say without Trey Brown, we shouldn't worry too much because at cornerback, we at least have some comparable guys that can back him up, you know, and DJ Graham and, you know, Jane Davis. But now we don't really have our speed guy to cover him. So it might be a little dicey with Tony. Yeah, that that does sound uh, pretty bad because, you know, the Florida speed, that SEC speed is something that's uh, hard to counter at times, especially without your burner. Uh, as we saw last year against Baylor, the guy can flat out move. Um, so, you know, we're going to miss Trey Brown here. And again, the man just flat out plays well in the AT and T Stadium. Uh, so having having our greatest weapon in that stadium would be very nice. But you know, hey, I'm all for it. Go chase that money, Trey. I we're 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 a pro player podcast for sure. Go go do that instead of playing in a useless game. Uh, but um, Ty, what, what what are your thoughts on on the on Speed D versus Florida versus Trask, uh, and how you think they'll hold up? Yeah, so I, I want to bring up one really important factor that is, I think, um, you know, super scary to to OU fans, and and that's a quarterback that uh, you know can not only throw but can move it uh, with his legs. You know, not just a you know Johnny Manziel type. There's some trauma for OU fans, but even like a Sam Ellinger, like a fullback, and and you look at Kyle Trask, dude is six five, two hundred forty pounds, so he's a big dude. Uh, so when I saw that, when I was doing my research for the pod, I started to get worried there. Uh, but then I looked at his rushing stats, and, and this year he had 61 attempts for 50 yards. Um, and his career rushing stats are 129 attempts for 54 yards. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about uh, you know him rushing unless he gets literally 200 carries, and then he might have a 100-yard game against us. Uh, but it, so it's good to it's good to see, you know, that that is more or less not a threat because um, that can be an issue. And, and I think what that enables us to do is, you know, they're going to have to limit their sets to, uh, you know, having someone else in the backfield with him. If, if we want to really have a run threat or, uh, you know, have to cover a run threat. But if they don't, I think we're going to be able to lean on our linebackers a little bit more to to adjust some coverage and some schemes. Um, to help counter, you know, some of the losses and some of the mismatches in, uh, in the, um, you know, in the secondary. So I almost said in the backfield, in, in the secondary. And I think that, you know, that factor is a really important one. Um, you know, not to say that they're not a team that can run, and they definitely can play call. But, you know, that's a, that's a good thing, you know, OU fans, take a sigh of relief there. And, and I really hope I don't get memes, but it will be exceedingly rare if this man is able to rush at all. Uh, cause I'm just assuming he's super slow. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, he's no trill Sammy. That's for sure. What is, what is, tr- what is Trask's nickname? Is it, do we just got to call him trill Kyle over here? Just, no, I'm sure. No, he I don't like it. Research. I don't know. We, we need to look into that, but, 
Um, moving on to the OU offense and you know some opportunities they have uh, against Florida's defense. Jamison touched on this earlier that uh, he didn't believe Florida you know had a particularly great defense. Uh, as compared to, let's say, you know, some of like LSU last year, uh, what opportunities do you see OU taking here? Yeah, I mean, I think really we, we're going to have to lean on Spencer Rattler again. Um, I feel like teams this year have seen success in stopping our offense by limiting Ramondre Stevenson. We saw that a little bit in the second half of the Iowa State game. Um, we saw that what Oklahoma State tried to do, but, you know, Spencer Rattler just lit him up. And I see teams kind of going out. If we can stop the run game, we can pressure a young quarterback who hasn't been in this moment. And I think that's a good idea for Florida. I understand Florida's stats on defense haven't been that well, but they still have players. They still they still got, you know, five-star SEC talent. Um, and I think it, it, this game, if we want to win it, we are the betting underdog. We should be leaning on Spencer Rattler to win the game for us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let it, let him throw the ball. Uh, but the offensive line also has to give him a, enough time. You know, dealing with elite off- uh, elite athletes like Florida has, um, you know, the, the, there is a size disparity. And the O-line has definitely been a bit of a weakness for us this season, which has been a little frustrating because it's not supposed to be. Uh, so giving Rattler enough time to create, to work on it, you know, find guys like Mims, that's going to be very crucial here. Ty, what are you, what are you thinking about um, offensively that OU can uh, exploit Florida here? Yeah, so I think I think uh, the real and you know this is I don't want to get too sort of you know conspiracy theory or throw this game away, but I think the real big brain move that Lincoln Riley can make here is not too much, but I think that he should make it very clear to Spencer Rattler that this game is his and the offense is going to be dependent on him because I want to get Rattler experience in a big national game like this with low prep. I, I want us to, you know, not take off any pressure that we can. I, you know, I don't want to try to break him or I don't want to try to make us lose the game, but I want us to make it very clear to him and, and sort of artificially put some of that pressure on him to give him experience in a game like this. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, win or lose this one, obviously it has huge strategic impacts for brand name and and recruiting, but still a two-loss season. And we've been saying for for a few years that next year, uh, meaning the 2021 season, uh, is going to be one of our best shots in a long time. And, And I think a lot of people agree with that nationally. And doing everything that we can to make this season Truly a, a stepping stone for that one, I think, is really the big, you know, delayed gratification goal there. So I want to do everything to win this game. But I also think that I agree our offense should run through Rattler and he should be aware of that um, so that he can build that experience. And I think that the the Texas game this year um, was a huge, huge advantage for this game because it, you know, I think the Texas game is, you know, it's a regular season bowl game, more or less. Uh, in terms of national attention and, and neutral site and everything. And I think it's a huge advantage that OU and Texas have nationally in that game. So I, but I want it, I want that to, uh, that to happen. And I'm sure it will to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about that, you think about the big 12 championship as well. Rattlers had to uh, endure some really intense environments at Iowa state as well. Um, so he's been on the big stage and I think as the season's gone on, he's gotten more comfortable um, 
and I, I think again, this just ups the ante even more. Let's see how he can handle, you know, a massive stage like this against a solid SEC opponent. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what he what he does. Um, but also, hey, we got to break out the Chandler Morris goal line package on him if we if we can. <laughs> so <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be what? two times in a two times in a row would be really dirty? <laughs> oh my god, exactly. And we we got to make him throw it this time. If you if we make him throw it. That might be something. Oh man, that might be. Something. <laughs> you just you just got mossed by Chandler Morris. <laughs> <laughs> just corner fade Chandler Morris. I love it. Oh I need that. God. I need that in my life. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, no. I I think in a way the offense has an advantage. Uh, both offenses have an advantage over their uh, respective defense they're playing because of the lack of prep time. I feel like that's a little bit harder to prepare for. Uh, yeah, I, I think offensively, you know, you can, you can run, you know, you can run script, you can run plays that you've been doing all season, but you know, without having a, you know, extensive, you know, scout, uh, you know, run, you know, where you're actually going up against fake Kyle Trask and, you know, simulating what the other team's offense is like, uh, that that's always a bit of a downside for a defense because the, the amount of time, you know, in going up against a fake, you know, um, offense for a bowl season, you know, it's, um, that that's huge. And, uh, not, not having an, a, like really any time to simulate that. I think that's going to be, uh, to the detriment of both defenses. I could see this thing getting into, um, you know, some real shootout territory. Yeah. And that would definitely be good for big 12's reputation because, you know, we're losing offensive players to SEC when it comes down to recruiting because their offenses are starting to get better. We, If we can win this game and out-shoot out Florida, that'd be really positive. But I, I do want to say this before we move on and talk about different things. We do have some preparation in this. Yes, we sent them home, but it's not like, you know, it's final exams came along and you're just saying, screw it, I just need to pass. You know, and you just don't even care. It's it's one of those where it's like the final exam came along, you're like, eh. Well, we'll just take a break for a little bit, and I'm going to study for a couple of days before, and we should be good. You know, we're still doing a good enough, you know, preparation for this, but at the same time, still letting our kids be kids and enjoy their families at home. Um, I know that we have been running, you know, scout teams and stuff like that recently. So, um, from the reports people yeah. have posted, so yeah, we should yeah, be right. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that they're not running any scout team. I'm just saying like the amount of time is a little bit different than you usually would have. I think that's more due to the shortened season than anything. And that's totally fine. Um, It's more just a note on how this bowl season is a little bit different than prior ones. But um, yeah, no, I I think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm all really excited for it. A huge opportunity for Oklahoma here uh, to make a statement. Um, any anything you want to say before we move on to uh, you know Cruton Corner and some other stuff? Um, I do. Yeah, uh, you go for it, Ty. Okay, so I, I was going to say uh, I I do want to say you know that we should sort of uh you know flip the chessboard around here and and I think if you're a Florida fan, um you probably see it and I think Florida's team probably sees it as a huge opportunity as well because you know for the past you know five six years OU has been a conference champion. And they've been in the playoffs and we've been sort of in the national limelight perennial top 10. Florida has not. They are on the come up. And I understand, you know, the, the line is flipped around and they're, they're sort of favored right now and they think they're better. But this, I think, is a bigger game for them than it is for us. And I hope that that's not a deciding factor because for, for them, this could be their, you know, Florida's back moment, um, more or less. Um, and, and for us, I don't think that this game has that same significance. 
So I, I hope that that's not a deciding factor, but you know, I always like to look at things from, from all the angles, and, and I don't want us to, to not mention that on the off chance that we get some Florida person watching. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it is a big game for Florida. And I think it's a big bowl game for Florida as well, as they finally get to play a team other than Michigan. So that's got to be exciting for them because it's always a loop of playing Michigan in the uh, in the bowl game. It makes zero sense. They've been very similar teams, honestly, for the past few years. I don't know if I'd say that. Michigan, Michigan significantly um, I, I, well, well, yeah, like Florida has disappointed. You know, the Muschamp era was not great. Um, but Michigan, that that's a that's that's just an insult right there. In a way. I don't want to enrage no, I don't no. want to enrage Florida fans, but they're pretty similar to Michigan, I think. Oh, <laughs> they no. are. Dan Mullen is a far better coach. The difference is Michigan went down and is sort of plateaued, and they're just meeting Florida while Florida's on the up. Dan Mullen by far a better coach. Oh, well, yeah, of course. So, Dan, it, Dan Mullen you know, would have been the best. They're, coach just the cro- they're just at the crossing point right now. The the Florida Michigan crossing point, the crossroads. Oh, they've God. reached the singularity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking from a fan perspective, Jameson, I know you were um, at the uh, 2008 national championship that uh, OU lost. I'm really wanting this one for OU because of just how brutal those Florida fans were at the time. Uh, I'll never forget little, I don't know, like 11, 12 year old Bobby trying to leave and getting accosted with gator bait, you know, chance. And they, they just weren't, they weren't super pleasant fans to be around. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I want that revenge. I'm, I I don't know if I speak for a lot of OU fans here, but uh, I, I do not forget things like that. I still hate USC, uh, still hate Florida, still hate Georgia. You know, those things stick with me. So getting revenge, getting back at that, that would feel really good. Absolutely. You know, I, I not every single team that beats us in a big game I hate. Um, you know, I feel like Oklahoma has that a lot. Like somehow, like we hate Boise State. You know, it's just that was just an unfortunate reason to lose. Clemson. I do not hate Clemson fans at all. They are so nice to me. You know, we met this nice lady and she gave um, she gave us a couple Here's beers for the game. And she's, she's like, hey, I got a cooler of beer. Y'all boys want some? And I was like, absolutely. This fan is so nice. Just sat and talked to this nice 50-year-old woman and her nephew for a long time. Very hospitable fans. I did hate the C-L-E-M-S-O-M, but that's not Clemson's fault. But, yeah, Florida fans, gator chomping at a little kid, that that scarred me. I did not take that game very well. It really hurt me inside. Um, so, yes, I do want revenge. They are on the level of the Georgia Bulldogs barking in my face, but I was an adult whenever Georgia fans <laughs> barked in my face, which I don't know if it's any better. I don't know if that's any better if you did it to a kid or not, but still, yes, I, I'm, I'm hurt from the Florida days. I do want revenge. Uh, I, I, Ty, I, I mean, I'm with you. I want the, that revenge bad. Um, Ty, what what's worse, <laughs> being a kid and being barked at by a grown man or being an adult and being barked at by a grown man? Uh, I, I honestly don't know. I, I th- maybe if you're the the victim of the barking, probably an adult, because you can just really comprehend how just insane that person has to be. As a kid, I think I would just be because I. So I lived in in Florida for a little bit. I, I lived in Palm Beach, uh, right down the street from uh that dude that has all the documentaries on him now that didn't kill himself. And um, <laughs> what? Jameson got it. And. Yeah. Uh, Let's not go into it. Okay. And anyways, uh, I remember going to like oh no, like, uh, I remember going to like restaurants and stuff when there'd be Florida games because Florida's actually a, a really solid academically school. So you have a lot of Florida 
men, Florida men, uh, that can't get in, uh, but are just diehard fans. Uh, and I remember like sitting there trying to eat like a hamburger or something while Florida game was on. And these like drunk, like people in like cutoffs. And we were at like a nice restaurant, like kept running up to every table, like gator chopping and stuff. And I was like very confused <laughs> at the time when I was little. So I can imagine that as an adult, probably be a little more disturbed because I comprehend just how insane you have to be to be doing that around a like a a Ruth Chris or something. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I I I don't know. I I just realized I completely missed the opportunity at putting the am I being detained gator as our logo for the week. <laughs> Which okay, I just I'm kicking myself over here. I think we should just redo the entire can podcast. Go up on the Instagram. <laughs> am I being detained? <laughs> I I just wish OU had a logo that was as wonderful as the am I being detained gator. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have we don't have like a chomp or like a bark. We have boomer. And honestly, I'm at the point where like. I get embarrassed almost at the games to yell boomer because it's so sad. Like the boomer center chance of just like, com- just get worse. There's no worse one there. Yeah. Well, I mean, even last hand, year. We need a worse. hand signal. Yeah. I feel like people are almost embarrassed to yell boomer, you know, like it's like they're too cool for it now. And it's, we don't have something like, you know, like the chomp or like, I mean, barking the people should be embarrassed to bark at kids or adults. Yeah. But, we, need but a, like we need a song. The songs are the best. Like if we had like a remix of like Oklahoma or something, you know, like oh no, no, we the LSU one. Ty the Thunder tried the remix of Oklahoma with him. No, no, no. It was not good. Yeah, man. <laughs> but what's what's the one that Bama has or no, that uh, LSU has? I forget what it's called, but you know, like a a traditional song, but like the fans have their own very vulgar lyrics for it. See, that's where the Thunder went wrong. They tried to have a clean version. Oh yeah, well, you gotta have like you gotta have the fans out there like suck that rumble dick, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, like the whole peak, like yelling <laughs> at LeBron. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I'll rumble with his slight little open mouth, just looking there. <laughs> oh my god, I think the thunder, the thunder have, uh, or not the thunder, sorry, AM. And I'm dang. Uh, Alabama has the rammer jammer yellow hammer thing, you know, like well, thinking, you like, just beat the hell out of you, whatever. Well, yeah, and they have like Dixieland Delight that they Oh, you're, you're talking like a, a real song. Yeah, but LSU has that one, you know, that I just referenced yeah. there with Thunder. I forget what the actual name is called. It's um it's neck. Neck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talking out like, the side of your neck, yeah. If we had something like neck, that would be yeah, cool. just Oklahoma fans would be enraged if we had something like that. Can you imagine all of the Gooners going like, "We can't have any of this thing. Those people down in the southeast ain't nothing like us." Yeah, I mean they they got all mad. They're at them. It's a different culture. That's a side. That's a sidebar. But Oklahoma is very different from Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi. They they culture. tried to do they tried to do never been to Spain for a while, and it just didn't work because. <laughs> Nobody knows the lyrics, and it's not sing-alongable until the chorus. But and also remember, every single time they do the pick the song of the game A, B, or C, Oklahoma fans always pick the wrong one. They seem to pick Imagine Dragons almost every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "No, not Imagine Dragons." B, Imagine Dragons, and I was like, "No." <laughs> the AT&T song of the game is the biggest farce of all time. We never get the good one. It's the That's worst. The biggest rigged election. Someone should really look into that one. It's like A, YMCA, and everyone's like, "No, don't pick YMCA." <laughs> 
It's like I the cuddle. Wait. It's like the cuttlefish and asparagus versus vanilla paste. It always moves around. It's it's always moving between the other ones, and I'm like constantly. As soon as it gets the one on one, I'm like, stop the count. Stop <laughs> the count. Unexpected Imagine Dragon dumps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where did these six thousand Imagine Dragon boots come from? <laughs> oh god. But yeah, no this this will be a good one. You know, if this was normal times, it would be a perfect one to go tailgate at and i don't know um that's one thing i love about at&t stadium more than anything uh probably the only plus it has is it's a great tailgating atmosphere i i I, not having that's a bummer so yeah anyways let's move on to cruton corner because uh we did get some news uh jameson Let's hit that song. David. Yes. What is this, David? This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Every morning dancing. Oh, that's nice. I failed y'all. I was failed it that y'all. nice? It was not nice. I said that I felt very confident about getting three of our top five targets. And, and you know, something happened. Let's start with Kamara Wheaton. What happened? Why did he commit to Alabama on um, December 23rd? There's reports that, you know, we always talked about this whole year that he was a very recluse guy, an introvert, didn't really, you know, do much on Twitter, didn't talk about it. It was hard to get a read what was going on with him, but we felt pretty good about OU coming down to things. He released a top two with OU versus Alabama. And, you know, there was a point in the year where we thought Texas was our biggest threat. So, was Kamara Wheaton a pretty for sure in my mind towards Oklahoma? Absolutely. But something happened, and the story was allegedly somebody on the OU staff pressured him too much to commit, and it turned him off, and now he is an Alabama commit. He's not signed his NLI. He's not signed his It's not legitimate. Um, yeah. I'm hearing an echo, so um, I think we're good now. But – uh the thing is, he's not signed his paper, so he isn't for sure Alabama. I think he might wait to sign until February. But he posted, this was the hardest decision of my life. But here it is, pretty much. Not even saying, like, roll tide, nothing. It was not a proud Alabama commitment. So maybe there's still a door open to get back in there. But we someone pressured him too much, and it was not on the coaching staff. Supposedly, he had a very good relationship with DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray did really well. And recruiting him, he kind of likes the idea of being recruited by a former NFL star. Um, and Lincoln Riley always does well. It was somebody not on the staff. We don't know if that was a person like Andy Hansen um, or if that was someone on the outside recruiting staff. We don't know who it was. So essentially, he was turned off by too much pressure. So we can take one angle from that, two angles from that. One angle is he was truly turned off from pressure and He's a little bit of a fickle person to where he didn't like that stress and um, that did not do well. Do we want a guy like that? You can't take a little bit of pressure. It seems a little too sensitive. You know, he's got a lot of talent, but that would be kind of an annoying thing to move on. And then, and then secondly, was he just faking it and he kind of wanted to Alabama and he just used that as a cop-out? I think that's more likely. Um, we saw last year Jace McClellan didn't say anything until the last minute and then kind of moved to Alabama. Running backs want to go to Alabama because they produce more. And to be completely honest, we haven't produced that many running backs recently. It's 
I mean, our running back mantra, you know, Joe Mixon is pretty much it, but Samaj P. Ryan, even though he's still in the league, hasn't really done much. And those have been our two big guys for the past, you know, five, six years. So, uh-oh, this court finds you guilty of jinxing. We sentenced you to 10 weekends without Dr. Pepper. Oh, no, no free oh, ads. No. no free ads. No, oh, no free, no ads. free no ads. No free ads. Okay. Back well, to the well, thank you. Thank you for the viewer comment from a TL Ty Lee, whoever that is. Um, but uh, so moving on to, so that, that's what happened with Kamar Weed. We could still get in the boat, but now we're going after a guy named LJ Johnson, number four running back in the country, still good out of Texas. Um, but he seems to be a Texas A&M lean, but I think he kind of wanted to see everything that went down all this drama. And then he can decide, do I want to go to Texas A&M, Texas or OU? So if we push really hard, we have a chance, but, this could be a dud and we could be looking for a Juco or a transfer running back, probably more so of a transfer running back. Um, and there's no good transfer running backs right now. So we got to hope something pops up soon. Um, moving on to what happened with Bryce Foster. Uh, he committed to A&M and we, I told y'all this one, we got to worry a little bit because Texas A&M is a huge thing in his family and um, his mom and his brother, are huge legacies. And he ended up falling into the family legacy. I think he really enjoyed Oklahoma more. I think that we had a better plan set up for him to be a two-sport athlete with track and field, but it's kind of hard to go against your family, and I think his family was very strong at A&M, and they did not want to have to deal with the blowback that they are also members on the GOAG side on 247, plus um, you know having to cheer for Oklahoma. I don't think the family wanted to do that. So if he was just a neutral person, I, there's no doubt he'd beat Oklahoma, but I think family kind of pushed him towards that way. I still think he's happy as a Texas A&M commit, but it, the story kind of sucks. It really does. And then, so we still got Tristan Lee to announce on January 2nd. I still feel good about that. I know that there's a lot of people talking about, oh, he could go to Florida, go to Miami, blah, blah, blah. You hear that all the time. We heard that with Andrew Rain last year with Georgia. I, I still feel good about Tristan Lee. He's posting stuff about OU on Twitter. He's really good friends with Caleb Williams. Something that Bryce Foster was cool with Caleb Williams. Kamar Wheaton was cool with Caleb Williams, but he was not friends. You know, Tristan Lee is friends with um, Caleb Williams. So I still feel good about Tristan Lee, and we should be happy about this class, if, even if we have kind of failed on a couple of our five-star athletes. Yeah, absolutely. It's still a really good class, and, you know, losing – you know, a guy to Texas A&M and who, again, like I said, legacy, and then losing a coin flip to Alabama. You know, Nick Saban calls, you probably pick up an answer. Uh, that's better than like some some of the previous matchups we've lost in the past, you know, losing to Texas, uh, stuff like that. That doesn't happen anymore. We're losing, a, we're losing to like the best of the best out there. You obviously don't want to be just okay with that, but things are improving in Norman. Mm-hmm, definitely. And, you know, and losing Texas A&M hurts, but that's not like Texas A&M themselves outbeat us because of their performance this year. If Texas A&M would have been really bad this year, I bet you we could have gotten Bryce Foster. But family plus them actually being the number five team in the nation just hurts. And I don't, I don't think we could overcome that. But, yeah, you know, we got Savion Bird, so that's a positive. We beat out SMU, so congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> they can take that uh, gold trim Zim and send it way back because it uh, did not work. Just kidding. They're probably not doing that anymore. I think. Uh, anyways, I don't know if Trenzan would be that motivating for people anymore. Yeah, good point. Valid point. <laughs> valid point. But yeah, hey, thanks for the Cruden Corner, as always. Um, you know, uh, as we keep inching along towards uh, the official National Signing Day, uh, you know, securing that class. But anyways, nice. that's all I got to say. Um, I think that's all our we have uh, 
I guess the preview on, the, on this last game of the year. So one more time for the road. Anything y'all want to say before we uh, lock this up? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Ty, nothing? Nope. You good? No. Okay. I well, got to stick with my chain of like actual comments. So. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for listening this full season. We will be back right after. If we win, we'll be right out back right after we uh, you know, beat Florida. If not, we'll probably just disappear for a month like we always do. And then just periodically post throughout the uh, postseason, but you never know with us. We're a wild card. Once we uh, once the season ends, that's when you never know when when you're going to get us again. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to be better. We're gonna try to hopefully take our lump of, lump of coal if we lose this game, and maybe pod afterwards. But you know, also never you never know. But anyways, thank you for another great season. We'll see you soon, Boomer Sooner. Beat Florida. <laughs>